Say what? Super heart squeeze. If you're listening to this, that makes me super excited because that means you have tuned in to the Bible Diggers podcast. I'm your host, Emily Dunham, and we're going to be sharing tools to help you dig into God's word to experience our crazy, amazing God. My hope and prayer is that by the end of this podcast, you will have already run off to grab your Bible, notebook, and pen and try these tools yourself. So let's get started. Hello, friends. Emily here with the Bible Diggers podcast. I just want to say thanks for joining me today. My heart does a super big heart squeeze when I know that you're tuning in because what that translates to me is there are other people out there who want to know the Lord God, who want to understand his word, who want to spend time in his word. That, my friends, is called building up each other. It's called encouraging one another. And I'm encouraged just knowing that you're there. Today's Bible digging tool is comparing translations. And we're going to get into what that means and what it looks like and talk just a little bit on the side. And while we're looking at that uh, tool, we're going to be looking at Psalm 34. But before we go any further, let's pray and ask the Lord to bless this time. Ah, oh, Lord God, you who've made the heavens and the earth by your outstretched arm, nothing is impossible. Nothing is too difficult for you. And that means that even we little us, that you can come in right now and cause us to understand what your word says and allow us to gain the knowledge of these different tools so that we can better understand who you are. And that is beautiful. That is so glorious. I love that you're a God who doesn't remain like distant. You don't stay far off, but you're a God who's personable and wants to be made known. I just praise you and I thank you for who you are. Help me to know more of you. Help me to um, represent you well. And Lord, we ask that you would open our minds to understand, open our hearts to receive, and allow our feet and our hands to go and be that we might share what we know, that you may be known, and we and others will be set free. To you be all glory, all honor and praise, dear Jesus. We love you. Amen. Hi, you guys. Okay, here we go. Bible study tools number five. The compare translations. The translations just mean how the scripture was translated into English and English (laughs) in English. We have a lot of different translations. We are pretty fortunate with all the different renderings that we hold that we can read when you think about it. Um, Why we have so many, I'm not really sure. But what I would say is take advantage of it while we have them. Take advantage of it. Use them while we have the time, while we have the freedom, and while we have the access. There's no better time than now than to get into the Word and read um, various translations of the Scriptures. A translation is needed for the Scriptures because the original writing, 
The original writings are in Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. Um, so we are in desperate need of it to be translated. First, because Hebrew isn't even spoken anymore, I believe. And um, it's a very difficult language to learn. So we ought to also at this time just say, thank you, God. Thank you for the people who have taken the time to translate your holy writings, to translate the graphe, the scripture, so that we can read it, so that we can understand it. So we praise you and we thank you for that, Lord. What a gift. What a gift. And thank you for the people who have done that, like Wycliffe translators. Um, my friend is a missionary with the Wycliffe translators. And wow, what, a, what an honor to know her. And what a task and what a mission. So for people like that to translate the word of God into another language so it's understandable, so people can understand it. And I think that's kind of what happened with the English renderings. Some of your first translations into English, right, were the King James Version, which is a lot of thou's, right? Thou, thee, goest, a language that we don't use uh, in this day and age, it is um, very difficult to understand sometimes and just doesn't seem um, very f- fluid to read for most. So then as time goes on, people bring the word to the modern language. So there was King James Version and then there was New King James Version, which took some of those out. And then you um, get into other translations, right? Some New ones right now, I think CSB is a newer translation, I believe. But anyways, so while we have these different translations at our disposal, let's let's use them for our benefit to better understand what God's word is saying. There's word for word translations, which means they literally are taking each word in the Hebrew and translating it in English. You can imagine that our um, language and the depth of uh, the depth of a Hebrew word needs to take on many, many different words of English to comprehend, I would say, or um, right? Because I think there's fewer Hebrew words, and then you have our English words, which are many. I'm really blowing it on describing that, but I know it to be true or something of that sort. So um, and then vice versa, like to try to understand the depth of love is like many different words for Greek and trying to know what is happening. But if you were a person of that culture and of that time and understood the language, you would understand what he's saying, which is why Bible digging is so important too. As you get to learn the word and after you've done read-throughs or just wanting to know more and go deeper, this is where we get this opportunity to study it more in depth. So word for word is taking each word exactly and translating it into English. A thought for thought is not taking a word, but taking like a sentence and getting the idea of what it's really saying and formulating it to make sense how we would speak it now, how we would say it and what what it actually is saying as a whole, I believe. So um, thought for thought are easier reads, Right easier to for our brain to understand. So if you're just going to do like a read through, I would go for a thought for thought. If you are new to the scriptures, a thought for thought is, sorry, is helpful. It's like a new living translation, um, just makes it more understandable to read. But um, 
some study words, like some study Bibles, the NIV and the Holman Christian Standard Bible, those are uh, word for word and thought for thought combined. An NASB is more of a word for word. And I have to admit, I go to that one often. Like that's my, that's my Bible that's really tattered and torn. And my brain has to work at it to try to figure out some of the puzzle too. But that's why I love the compare translation Bible digging tool. I can read so I know the word for words. I can try to understand what it's actually saying. But then I can also go into, after I've looked at something in the NASB and understand it, that that portion first from the word for word, then I can go more to a, a thought for thought into like a CSB or a um, NLT and kind of get it in in my terms of how I would think for me and here. And man, oh man, I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm kind of out of breath. I think it's me when I get excited and when I, um, when I just want to keep talking and share all this good stuff with you, I start to get short of breath. So I'm sorry if that is too much. I'll just try to calm down for a minute. Um, okay, so that's uh, the Bible translations in English. Here is how it helps. If you have your notebook handy, right, you're going to date it in the top right. And then we're going to look at Psalm 34. Psalm 34, and I'm reading first from my NASB, New American Standard. So you're going to write Psalm 34, verses 4 through 7. And whatever translation you have, you would put it in parentheses. So mine at my notebook says NASB. And then you're going to scribe verses 4 through 7 onto your notebook. Now, in Bible digging tools number 2, we learned about scholar scribe. Um, so if you're not sure what I mean by that, what I'm just saying is you're going to, basically you're going to transfer the scripture onto your notebook. So write down verses four through seven. I'm going to read it to you um, from the New American Standard. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces will never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Whew, that is a good chunk of scripture. Man, when this podcast is done, do yourself a favor and go back and read the entire Psalm 34. It is very good. It is a Psalm of David when he pretended he was a madman, like he was crazy to get out of the hands of Abimelech or um. Yeah, so that's a that's a whole nother story. And you could cross-reference that and go look at that um, that full story of that situation. And you might be saying, what is cross-referencing? Well, that's another tool for another time. But in the meantime, um, I want you to scribe Psalm 34, 4 through 7 in your notebook. Remember, penning it creates another sense and helps you to recall and to understand and to ponder what the word is saying. So I have my four verses written out, and on the side I did circle, like I put verse four, five, six, seven, where those verses are aligned. Now I'm going to look at a few of the words. No, not the few of the words, sorry. Now I'm going to look at another translation, and I chose for this psalm the CSB. So underneath the four verses that I already wrote, I then penned Psalm 34, verses four through seven in parentheses, 
CSB, Christian Standard Bible. And then I scribed the verses from that translation. I'm going to read that translation to you right now. It says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and rescued me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant with joy. Their faces will never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him from all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. So if you were to see in your notebook the two different translations that are written, what you do next is, um, well, first of all, like when we scribe any words that stand out to you, go ahead and highlight those with your colored pencil, like circle those or make a note of those because that could be a dig with another tool that we'll talk about or even just a tool uh, or a digging location because it's a verse or a word. Anyways, let's get back. You'll have these two translations written out and you can begin to compare them. What words are different? Okay. Or what word um, stands out and you're not totally sure because it's a word you don't always use. Like the word sought is not always used in my vocabulary. I don't often say I sought for this and I found it. Um, I usually say I was looking for this, right? So, but to me, sought just seems like an intense looking for, like um, an urgent matter or with great angst, like I sought the Lord and he answered me. So there's beautiful promise there. But when you're comparing, I want you to find the words that are different or find something that actually might not be written in one translation, but in the other. So if I look at verse five, Psalm 34, verse five, the NASB says, they looked to him and were radiant and their faces will never be ashamed. If I look at the Christian standard Bible, verse five says, those who look to him are radiant with joy. Their faces will never be ashamed. So in here, it gives um, further wording to better understand the radiant. So radiant with joy, that brings a different picture, right? Like joy brings a whole nother understanding of the word radiant, if you ask me. So I would mark those. And then if you jump down to verse seven, right? Whoo, verse seven is such a good, um, um, no, the whole thing is good. But verse seven, the angel in the NASB, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him encamps around those who fear him. The CSB says the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. So what I'm noticing is the word encamps, and I don't often use the word encamps. The angel of the Lord encamps around. If I were to grab another translation, I would go and look probably just at that verse seven, because it's the word that I want to understand better in camps or just see if I can um, find another translation and how they would render that word. So the New Living Translation um, reads, for the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Whoa, right? So the words for in camp is to guard a guard. He's a guard. Um, 
my mind immediately goes to like a military situation. You've got an army. The angel of the Lord is encamped. He is surrounding you. He is guarding you. He is defending you. Not just you, but he's like, it says he's defender all who fear him. Those who fear him and not, um, and this fear is the reverence, the bow down. He's my Lord. He's my King. I fear him. He's my God. He's the one I follow, the one I worship, the one I proclaim as the one true God over all things and over me, right? So those who fear him, God's word promises right here that the angel of the Lord guards, surrounds, defends. That's awesome. That's awesome. And had I just looked at the NASB, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them, it is still um, powerful, right? Because it's the word of God. But with my English and understanding, as I begin to compare the translations and pull a bigger picture together, it helps me to envision, it helps me to better grasp what this portion of the Bible is saying. And now, for me, when I go back to read Psalm 34, verse 7 particularly, from here on out, I will probably envision a great, massive military army or even just the angel of the Lord and all his power and might and glory. But I will envision him as a protector, as my defender. He surrounds me. Anything that wants to come after me has to go through him first because of how he mightily surrounds me. He rescues me. He defends me. He guards. He's my guard. He's my guard. Ah, okay. I hope you guys are seeing that. So that's the beauty of comparing translations. Um, I want you to go ahead and try that. Go find uh, a portion or use Psalm 34, 4 through 7 from the Bible you have and find other translations. Now, if you don't have another Bible laying around with a different translation, you can go on to the websites of BibleGateway.com or BibleStudyTools.org, I think it is, um, .com, whichever. But you can pull up this scripture reference, Psalm 34, and there's a little tab that you can choose the different translations to read it in. Now, and just want to give you a heads up. If you just start clicking translations and reading and reading and not writing it down, yes, you can see the different renderings, but you might miss out on something that could stand out even more if you pen it to paper. So I recommend um, three, minimum of three translations to compare writing and noting the differences, the similarities, um, the power of the words that are used. And as always, just ask the Lord to show you more of who he is and he will not fail you. Like he wants to be made known. So enjoy this tool of comparing. Um, somebody might have uh, just sent a little message and just say, what about the message? Like there's a, um, people consider it the Bible, but the message is a different type of rendering of the word. And that's what is known as a paraphrase. And a paraphrase is a big overall of what the person thinks it's saying, and then they write it and trans 
transfer it. So it's a, um, if you're going to study the word of God, then you're most likely not, you're not going to want to study the paraphrase. You're not going to want to study the message, but if you want to just read through the Bible, like just a book, the message is, um, a different view and lets you see some stuff. Uh, in a different light, I guess you could say, but it's someone's take on what they believe the word is saying. So if you're going to study the scriptures, though, go for a word for word or thought for thought and read those first before you pick up the message to read. Does that make sense? Hopefully that helped answer that question. Okay. Well, I think that's all I have for today. Bible diggers tool number five, compare translations. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks so much for sharing uh, with me some of your other tools, the other tools that you've been using that you're learning. So fun to see some of your pictures, um, some of your uh, describing. Um, Yeah, very, very encouraging and very beautiful. I hope that you're having an opportunity too to share what you're learning um, and encouraging those around you and that God is still showing you crazy, amazing things because he certainly is a crazy, amazing God. Well, we'll talk with you soon. I look forward to meeting with you again. Hang in there, press in and press on. Be encouraged, my friends. Hi, I just want to thank you so much for listening today. I'm hoping and praying that you've grabbed your Bible, your pen, and your notebook and have already begun to dig into God's crazy, amazing word. If you would like more encouraging content, you can find Bible Diggers at BibleDiggers.org. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram, again, at Bible Diggers. I look forward to sharing more Bible digging tools with you and his crazy, amazing word. Until then, be encouraged and press on.